Welcome to Backyard Broadway, where I'm the only sensible one. Is that your name now? Sensible? That's my that's my name now. The so, sensible one. Say your real name. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. I'm distracted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, cat. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I swear, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm good. Let me try this. Hi. Again. Okay. Well, we're good. We're good. Okay. I'm here, and I really gotta sneeze now. <laughs> and my butt's still wet, but not for the reason you think. What do our audience members think? I farted. So, tonight, we are giving audition advice for the actor. This is part one of a two part series. The mix. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was horrible. This is part one of a two-part series. Yeah. Part two will be audition advice for the director. So as we give this advice, we will be commenting as actors. I will be commenting as a director as well on some of these. I say we start right here. We're always, not always. <laughs> I typed up the we originally recorded this last March. No, March of 2018. Truth. Two years ago. We wow. This. Oh my yeah. God. And it was a giant clusterfuck. Yeah, it was. We kept going off on tangents. We'd That's be my like, job okay, on this show. Let's recap and then let's start new set of them. Let's recap. Let's and it just it it didn't work out. So we have notes. Andrew's and anal. These are a word file. He likes anal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so over you guys. <laughs> That's what we live for. I know. I know. You're if getting you, tag teamed. <laughs> if you would like that too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Eiffel Tower, me bitches. Oh, <laughs> oh, I like how she got it. She was like disgusted. I was like, oh! If you would like. Mom, please don't listen to this. <laughs> I hope your mom doesn't know what the Eiffel Tower is. <laughs> you forget she teaches middle school. This is true. Jane, you dirty. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, if you would like Abby, coffee. that bush is in the way. <laughs> Cat, put your pants back on. Sorry. <laughs> all right. No, seriously. We're getting started. If you all no, would like not. copies of these notes when you listen to this, shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or email, and I will gladly post them and send them out. Yes, because everybody wants your anal notes. Uh, well, you have to start off small. Yeah. Can you quit being rude to me? I don't think I'm capable. Obviously. Obviously. Furry. Obviously. Furry. Obviously. <laughs> so I'm just going to go right into it. Number one, wear something memorable. Stand out. That means a uh, assless chaps, <laughs> biker boots, and no shirt. <laughs> Sorry. You said don't. memorable. That's pretty damn memorable. Yeah, it was also in Stop the Ron World. Ron Johnson, don't listen to this, please. It was also in Stop the World. Yeah. Um, no, but I agree with that. You want something to remember yes. them to remember you by. Because don't. a director can write on your audition paper... Orange shirt, but that means nothing to them. If it's orange shirt with matching chucks, that's something to be like, oh, okay, I remember this guy. Or if it's, if you're a female. Red pumps. And you're wearing red pumps with a black dress, and the black dress happens to not be flattering at all. Not at all. That's something to remember. Just don't be, don't be bland. Don't be boring. But don't be outrageous. You don't want to be remembered because you were bad. Yes. (laughs) And going into that. Remember, if it's a musical audition, there might be a dance. So make sure you're comfortable as well. Or, but don't be... Or bring other... Like, bring dance shoes. This is true. Which you should always do anyway. Yeah. Never show up in your pajamas. No. Never show up in sweats. No. And... Please don't bring shorts that 
are a little too snug in some places. This is and true. Clean. This is true. Ever. Don't do that. Ever. And I know it used to be common practice for ladies to wear leotard. a leotard with a rehearsal skirt yeah, yeah. and tights. That, I mean... Toot toot, motherfucker. We're talking mostly community theater. I guess that's fine. But if you're wanting to stand out as a vocalist and not a dancer, don't dress as a dancer. That's fair. Yeah, I'd say that's plenty fair. <clears throat> so... Next up, read through your audition notice carefully and multiple times. Please, please, dear God. Even though sometimes that don't mean shit. I mean, (laughs) geez, remember I was at that callback for like four hours? That wasn't a callback. That was horrible. Yes, it was. That's what they called it. It wasn't a callback. It was, I mean, oh my God, I was there for four hours. Yeah. I mean, and when an audition notice has a time that this is when you start, you don't show up toward the very end expecting to be able to audition. Yeah, which is... You need to be there on time. Which is a little side note on here. If the notice says auditions are from 7 to 9, you can assume that you can show up anytime between 7 and 9 to audition. If it says auditions start at 7 o'clock, that doesn't mean show up at 7.30 to audition. Or 8. Or 8.30. I mean, especially... stage managers like me are going to think that you are freaking creepers. This is true. But in my defense, auditions were from seven to nine. Yeah, well, and especially showed up with thirty minutes left in the audition, like that's not okay. Especially if it's a musical audition, because you can bet that if the if the musical audition says auditions from seven to nine, that the auditions will start at seven and not end until nine, because it will typically take most of that time. Because they're not all they're they have to allot enough time for vocal auditions. Plus, they have to see if people know how to move for ensemble. See, as a director, that's what I've learned is if I were to hold a musical audition, auditions start at 7. If I hold a straight play audition, auditions are from 7 to 9. Because I don't care if you show up late because But that's there are you still as a people, director. But I'm just saying in general, like, and that that's a, it's a note we'll give again on the director's episode on part two, you know... Think about that, you know, with a musical audition, you have all of those parts that Kat said. You have the songs, you have the scenes, you have the dance audition, maybe monologues, depending on which theater you are that only does musicals, and there's no reason to have a monologue at your audition, and it's stupid. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Wow. I think uh, China heard that rant. (laughs) They might. You never know who's listening. But in all honesty, like, if if a musical audition has a start and an end time, you can only assume that you need to be there at the beginning and expect to stay till the end, simply because, I mean, like, look at Disaster. Granted, that was a disaster. Okay, but let me tell you, that choreography, we learned on the back seat within (laughs) 10 minutes. There was no reason for that choreography audition to last as long as it did. But, I mean, we saw some of the people in the, they, you know, Rita was doing some of the things properly. She was moving people around. To see where people would fit right so that they could, so that the directors and the audience could take a look and see if they were to cast everybody and they did the have an ensemble. paying attention. Sorry. That they did have an ensemble that they already knew who worked best in what position on stage. I agree. However. Okay. Let's not get into director and choreographer stuff. That's for part two. It's well, just as an expectation. But, that also does, but that's something else that we noticed. We saw a lot of people that were not prepared for that choreography. Either. Yes. They did not have the right shoes. They did not have the right outfit. You have got to come prepared. Like, showing up in a nice, like, tight dress, not the best thing to wear if you know that it's a musical audition and it's a, there's going to be choreography. And it will, it will be a detriment to you because if you're wearing clothing that inhibits your movement, then the directors are not going to see what you may or may not be fully capable of. And nobody wants to see your nasty ass feet without shoes on. And I'm going to say, put her in the back. Okay. Ensemble. 
you've immediately lost any chance of playing a dancing lead. If you sort. can't move in what you're wearing, it's not for your audition. True. Bottom line. Yeah, thank God I was in yoga pants that day because Rita was about to yes. give me a part right then and there. And right? Like, no. <laughs> so even if the audition notice says 7 to 9 or it says starts at 7, if you're unable to make it during the set audition time, do not ask for an audition time after the dates that are set. No, it should always be before. It, it be only before. works in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the notice like a week after it was posted, okay? That's true. But also in that circumstance, we didn't have a big turnout, so we had to have a second audition. We yeah. had a second audition already planned anyway. Never count yourself out. If you see an audition notice that says that it is already passed... A director is not going to be angry if you email them asking them if there's a part. If there's not a part, they're going to say no. If there is, they might be very glad that you emailed yeah. them last minute. But if, if you're looking at the audition calendar and you're like, okay, um, Bright Star's auditioning on these two dates. Ooh, I'm out of town those two dates. Don't call and say, hey, I know your auditions are these two dates. Can I audition three days later yeah, when no. I get back in town? If you already know it's coming. Audition before. before. Schedule it for beforehand. Because you're going to put the director in a in a sore spot where they have to hold off casting decisions because they're waiting for you. Yeah. yeah. Which they probably won't do anyway. But also, you know, never count yourself out. Never. If you've missed the notice for an audition and you think that there might be a spot for you in the show, the director might not have had enough people come out. So email them. It never hurts. They're not going to be mad about it. This is true. All right, what's next? Um, whether it's a musical or a straight play, do a little research about the show and familiarize yourself with it <coughs> the best you can. Yes. It's always good to listen to the cast album of a musical you're going out for. Yes. Well, yeah, because you don't want to show up to an audition and it, all of the songs are completely out of your range. Yeah. Or songs that you cannot sing. Which well. we'll, get, we'll get to down here. But it's, I mean, it's a matter of if you're auditioning for Blythe Spirit, you know, and you're like... Oh, well, it's by Noel Coward. Well, he writes comedies. And you go in with some modern contemporary monologue or you go in expecting something modern and contemporary. And it's not. And it's not. You're, you're going to be shit out of luck. Yeah. It, you know, it's you're going to be unprepared. But if you take five minutes to say, okay, Bly Spirit, always type in the name of the show and play next to it if you're Googling it so that the play Wikipedia page comes up and not the movie. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. You just have to, it's like studying for a test. Just become, you know, knowledgeable about the material that you're going out I'm for. I'm not even kidding you. I thought you were going to say become one with the show. It's I not mean, that you, you need should. to. <laughs> but that's after your cast. You don't <laughs> necessarily need to read the script prior no. to going in. No. Know what There's the show no is about. Know the time period the show is set in. And if it's a musical, know the parts you're looking for. Again, yes. we'll get to that. And you here. don't want to go into a show thinking that it's one thing and then getting there, getting cast, getting halfway through rehearsal and realizing you don't like the show. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You want to know what you're getting it's not yourself into. so much into. that you didn't like the show. You just didn't like certain people in the show. I think if you had done the show with a better cast and director. Oh, no, I loved I'm not talking about me. I oh. liked that show. I've, you know, it, that's fine. But if I go in and I'm a Shakespearean actor and I'm thinking, oh, well, this kind of looks like it would fall under a heavily dramatic format, but you get in there and it's a comedy and that's not what you like, you're not going to ha be happy no, during that no. show. Know what you're getting yourself into always. And speaking of Shakespeare, 
unless you are auditioning for Shakespeare, do not use a Shakespearean monologue. Please it's not don't. Ever. Ever. Don't ever. ever, ever do it. Even if it says comedic monologue, don't pick something from A Midsummer's Night's Dream. One, it's written in iambic pentameter and rhymes. It's not going to fit the contemporary feel of the show that you're auditioning for or even the classic feeling feel of the show that you're auditioning for. Truth. It's not going to show your range as an actor. It's going to show, oh, you can do Shakespeare. And can we just Great. halt on monologues unless you have something down here later? There, it, well, the next one's about monologues. What? Try to keep two or three monologues in your back pocket. No, no, no. That's, what I'm saying is no, if you can find out information from, about a director, like if you know someone who's worked with the director before, ask around because you don't want to go into an audition with a vagina monologue and the director not be interested in that at all. Oh, know I'm, what you are oh. know the audience you're playing to if I if I'm directing I'm just gonna let you know and it's a comedy and I ask for a comedic monologue and you come in with the my vagina is angry monologue I'm gonna cast you <laughs> I'll write a fucking part for you <laughs> just find out what if you know if you potentially know yes. someone who has worked with well, that director and we'll get to that too ask about well, it well and typically with monologues with audition notices it'll either say It'll either specifically say a comedic monologue or a dramatic monologue. And when they ask for a time period, a time amount of time for the monologue, one minute monologue or two minute monologue, stick to it. If they ask for a one minute monologue and you do one minute and ten seconds, I know plenty of directors in our area who will go, oh, they went ten seconds over, bottom of the pile. You want to know the audience that you're playing for. From audition to closing night... Know the audition. Know the audience that well, you will be performing. Going back for. to the monologue stuff too about like knowing comedic versus dramatic and time. You have that goes back to really no understanding what the show is about yeah. because you can pick any comedic monologue. But if you for a comedy, like if the director asks, "I want a comedic monologue," if you know about the show, you can try and find a comedic monologue that kind of fits in with what that exactly. show is trying yeah. to do. And then they're like, "Oh, okay." Like they they kind of the director can kind of start putting those pieces together. If it's a good southern comedy, like a Jones Hope Wooten or an Andrew McGill original, find another good southern comedy. <laughs> <laughs> To pull a monologue from, because that one, it's usually written in the accent, so you'll be able to sit there and read it in the accent and have the accent already. Mm-hmm. And two, it shows that you are familiar with the show, and it shows what you can do with the material that's going to be presented to you in that show. Well, it's yes. like with Laura, the monologue that I picked for Laura, because you asked for a dramatic yeah. monologue. I found a monologue about, from a woman's point of view, it was the right time frame. And it's and it had a character flip in the monologue that you kind of see within the show itself also. So it really played with what the show was going to be about. Yeah. So getting back to keeping two or three monologues in your back pocket, most directors within community theater do not ask for a monologue. College auditions usually will ask for them. Professional theaters will ask for them. Andrew McGill will ask Andrew for McGill them. Will ask but for usually them. it's going to be uh, it's going to be a cold read. Usually it's going to be a cold read. But but try Which to I find hate. you know a comedic and a dramatic. You know, make one of them a classic monologue, one of them a contemporary monologue. That way, if you're going into a show, one, if you're going into a classic comedy and you've got a contemporary comedy monologue prepared, you have a classic drama monologue prepared so you're not totally in the dark about preparing 
a classic comedic monologue. And I mean, if you're like me, who I've been that person who's gone in for a, a show audition and had to do a monologue and really thought I knew this monologue, and you get up in front of the the directors and you freeze halfway through, it ain't fun. But they're gonna take more respect for you if you go. I'm sorry. I'm I am a little unprepared. Do you mind if I start over? Do not allow there to be five minutes of a stage pause and then uh, keep going. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit you on that one. Don't tell them you're unprepared. Just say, is it okay if I start again? Yes. I mean, I told this lady, I go, I really thought I was better prepared than this. I'm sincerely sorry. Can I start over? She goes, it, it's fine. I don't. It care. does depend if you know the director you're working for. Then yeah, I mean, I had no idea who this lady was. Well, but I mean, if you don't know the director, it's better to just say. Do you mind if I start again? Instead of telling them you were unprepared. Because then it I, sounds like you just didn't prepare it. I picked right back up. Like, I, I let there be far too long in, like, I, I, I allowed there to be a huge pause. Right. And when you have a, a panel of directors sitting there looking at you, and you go, oh, shit. Or this asshat who's trying to make awful notes about you and makes a show of it. No, I did not do that. You did because, at the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah, I did at the beginning. <laughs> I looked at the... I, I started... I, I picked up where I left off. Well, kind of. Maybe I missed a few lines. I don't remember now. Um, and I go, that was awful. That was... Not, I, I, look, I This is verbatim. I said, that was terrible and, sound, and, and was very unprepared. Can I start over? She goes, yes, I wish you would. And I know, me as a director, even though my audition notices will say a memorized one to two minute monologue <clears throat> if you need to have it with you I will have more respect for you to walk up on that stage and say I think I've got it but do you mind if I hold on to it just in case and also if you're one of those people and they <clears throat> sorry and from your resume they can tell that you don't do straight shows they're going to pretty much already assume that there might be some you know hiccups if you've only ever auditioned and done musicals and you're going in for a straight play or vice versa you really should be even 10 times more prepared but they're not going to be surprised if you're not yeah now will that guarantee you a slot no No. (laughs) but they're not going to be surprised so take what you've got and work with it work with the director read the room and if you take a look at them and you can tell that they're obviously not pleased with what they are hearing start over yeah. You might have a far better outcome than you yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask to start over. So to kind of wrap mm-hmm. up the monologue talk, never, ever audition for a play with a monologue from a movie. No. No, never. God, no. You're not auditioning for <clears throat> film. While you tell the story. <clears throat> film monologues are written differently than a stage monologue. Yes. Stage monologues are written to either be presented forward breaking the fourth wall or to be presented in such a way where it's as if you're talking to someone who isn't there. Movie monologues are written purely for dramatic effect within a movie. Like you do not need to come in with a V for Vendetta monologue. Or a monologue from James Bond that you don't know and that you keep going back to, even though I've told you twice, go ahead and pick it up. So it it was during Laura when I was directing. This young woman came in to audition for the part of Laura, and she told me that her monologue was from Skyfall, and it was M. And I wrote down movie monologue, what the fuck, on her paper, <clears throat> on her audition form. 
And then she set the monologue off to the side on the stage, stood center stage and started the monologue, not keeping a British accent, going in and out of it constantly. Side note, if you can't do the accent all the way through, it's better that you learn it during the show yeah. than, try to, than try to impress the yeah. directors. Just, just don't. So she fumbles. She goes and looks at it. She comes back and starts over. Fumbles, goes and looks at it. And I tell her, why don't you go ahead and pick it up and hold on to it? No, 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 I'm fine. I've got this. Goes and does it again. Fumbles, goes back to look at it. Please just pick it up and hold on to it. Maybe you just need the security blanket of having it in your hand. No, 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 no. I'm just going to pick up from where I left off. Okay, fine. So finally I said, pick up the monologue and use it. Because it was the auditions for the role of Laura that I was holding two months in advance because I had to have a portrait painted. And I had brought in two other people who were not yet associated with the show to do cold readings with them. And we, we were wasting their time. And my time, and Abby's time, who was also auditioning, yeah, going back and forth, running, you know, stage left to look at the monologue and come back and stage. Did you talk and, about and, how and, I was super confused on what, yeah. what it even was? She, she I had, had no idea. I was like, "What is this? Like, yeah. what is this even you from?" Missed, you missed where she said it was from Skyfall. Completely missed it. Yeah, and I was like, "I don't even know what this is from." What it, like she was in and out of an accent. Yeah, and I was just like, I was so confused. And the whole if, thing. if you are going to. Stand up there and say, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'll be doing a monologue from... Don't tell me the actor or the character that's doing it. Because there could be four or five monologues from that show that that character does. And if you're not doing the one I expected, then I'm, I'm going to judge you based on that. If you just say, I'm doing a monologue from Christmas Bells, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have any preconceived notions of which one you're doing. And yeah. I'm going to listen to it as is. So, that brings us into some musical stuff. Yay! When auditioning for a musical... My re- worst topic. <laughs> research the show and find an appropriate song to audition with. Very true. And this also goes back to reading your audition notice, because usually they will put on there what they're looking for. Right. Whether it be an up-tempo Broadway song, a Broadway ballad, a contemporary up-tempo song, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be rare that the director puts in the audition notice to have a song from the show prepared. Um... But it does happen. But don't go into the show with, don't go into the audition with a song from the show prepared if it's not been requested. Well, and yeah, also is, with songs, yeah. with songs for musical auditions, it's very, it's exactly the same as with the monologues. You want to have a couple already prepared that you can kind of go back to yeah. and refresh. Yeah. Um, so you want to have your ballad, like a up tempo and a ballad. Already prepared that Have you know in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like with monologues. And if you've performed a role before and you're using one of the songs from a role you've performed or before, currently are performing, if you had a an accent as that character, you probably don't need that accent when you're using that song to audition. Very. True. Yes, you learned it for two and a half months with that accent, but you need to learn it without the accent because if you go into audition for. Um, Bright Star with a song from Young Frankenstein and your Cockney in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, it's they're gonna, all they're going to hear is the Cockney, and they're like, "Well, we can't use that." Yeah, because it's Bright Star. It's a bluegrass musical. We want Southern accents. Yeah. Um, if a director asks for sixteen to thirty-two bars, do not exceed or be under that. And if you're unsure what constitute constitutes a bar of music, find somebody who knows. I do. 
find somebody who knows. I do. Ask them, what is a bar of music? It's a line. Anyways. I do. And Abigail, sit down with somebody and say, okay, this is the song I'm doing. You know, which 16 bars should I use? Which 32 bars should I use? Yes. Because if you go in and you do the first 16 bars of She Loves Me, (laughs) you're going to get to... You know, well, 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 wonders of seas. I didn't like her. You're going to get to right before the end of the first verse. Yep. <laughs> You're not going to finish the verse. That's it. You're going to want to cut the beginning part of it and just do the verse if that's the case. Mm-hmm. So that you get your 16 bars in. And right. it never hurts if you've never done it before. It's not even just for the vocal parts, but if you are unaware of how music works, it never hurts to seek out a professional's help. No. You know, if you call up a voice coach and say, hey, I've never been a student of yours, but this is a first time thing for me. Can I sign up for two weeks worth of lessons? If they have the slots open, they're probably going to yeah. tell you yes. And if you yeah. tell them it's for a musical audition, a lot of times they will cut you a break. They'll mm-hmm. be like, OK, I can do a half hour on this night and this night for the next two weeks. And you get four lessons out of it. They help prepare you yeah. with the song you've chosen to do for said show. Mm-hmm. And you're not going into it completely blind. And they, they'll help you pick out the right 16 bars or 32 bars, whatever the case yes. may be. Yep. Um, and I'm just going to, just real quick, real quick. <laughs> I know it's community theater around here. Yes. And a lot of times there is an accompanist. Yes. Accompanist. Oh, Are you going to talk about who I think we're going to talk about? Okay, thank God. No. But sometimes they allow you to bring a CD. Yes, it's true. Don't bring a CD with words on it. It's got to be a vocal track or a karaoke track, basically. Yes. An instrumental track is what I was looking for. There it is. We got it there eventually. Yes. We went around (laughs) the mulberry bush, but we found it. Um, Because if you're singing along with somebody on a CD, one, that shows me you can match somebody else singing, but that doesn't show me what you can do. That's my talent. And two... (laughs) Pretty sure on me, too. If you don't have a CD and you don't have sheet music... That doesn't mean download it on your iPhone, stick your earbud in your ear, and sing along to that while you're standing up there auditioning. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work too well. It doesn't work too well. Mind you, she was 13. She didn't know any better. It was huh. her first time auditioning for a show. Oh, well, there you go. That's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> um, always, 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 always find a song that best showcases your range. Yes. Good God, yes. Like, don't, don't try and show what you can do if you can't do it. Yeah. Like, if you are more of like a chest voice singer don't pick a song that starts in your chest voice and then you have to flip to your awful head yeah. voice don't do that so because it's a show we are all familiar with Catherine and Newsies yes has a beautiful wide range yes very much so and does a lot you don't want to go in with a song and I'll use this and I've used it before as a, an example because it's basically two notes through the whole thing yeah don't use something like Mr. Monotony, where it's play on that slide trombone, that's a certain monotone, because that's not going to show me your range. No. It's going to show me you can sing two or three notes and sustain them. You want to show something that, you know, shows your range, but make sure it's in your range. And I, th- I think that's the point I'm trying to get get across. Yeah. It's like, you want to show what you can do, but don't... Tr- don't th- try to go above and beyond. Well, and that's what I mean. It's like... Your musical audition is not the time for you to experiment no. with new no. songs or new like, ways to try and push your range. That's This is not the time for that. Fellas, there are 
very few true basses out yes. there that can sustain that bass sound, yes. that beautiful bass sound. If you're looking at a role that is for a bass and you know you're not a bass, but you can sing low, find a song where you sing low, but not that is written for a bass. Do not pick the I'll Cover You Reprise no. for Rent no, 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 where no. you got to be down here. No, it's lower than that. I know it's lower than that. <laughs> I can't do it right now. Don't pick that because we're not going to be able to hear you because you're yeah. not used to going that low. Yeah. Like, and the same for ladies. If you're looking at, like, Hope Harcourt and Anything Goes, where she hits a high E at some point, and you no. never hit a high E in your I life. Will, I will never do that. The highest I've gotten is an A. Me too. Like, that's it. But, but I mean, like, for me, I would pick something that's in my range of my head voice because that's where I'm most comfortable. I'm not comfortable with my chest voice. Yeah. I think I sound awful and like a man. I don't like singing my chest If voice. you have access to sheet music, lots of libraries carry sheet music. Mm-hmm. School libraries, well, university libraries, public libraries have sheet music. Yes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Bonnie and Clyde as an example. Yeah. Because if you look at Clyde's music, it's a lot of like on the scale, maybe right below mm-hmm. or right at the top of. But he's got a couple of points where he hits an high A. Yes, he does. Find a song where if you can do the high A, you can showcase that high A. Yes. And I will say, if you're auditioning for a lead, I want to hear you belt and sustain. Yeah. I don't want you to sing just a verse. This is why you need to have these songs prepared, like songs in your back pocket that showcase these things. Because you want to be confident in what you're doing. Like I said, this is not the time for experimenting. This is not the time yeah. for, it's like, oh, well, this song has a high A. I think I could hit that. And then you meekly try and hit it. Like, n- no one wants to hear but that. But also, don't, like, don't underestimate your abilities if you've been practicing for this for a long time. Oh, exactly. Time. If you like, have the practice behind it, then it should be fine. And if, if you're like, well, I can hit it in this song, but I don't know if I can do it with anything else because I've, you know, I've done it tons and tons of times on this song – well, they'll teach you how to do it in other songs. Yeah. yeah. They know you can do it already. Yeah. Excuse me. Okay. Kat's going to take a phone call. And we've already briefly touched on this. Um, be prepared to sing from the show. Yes. But don't come with a song from the show unless the director specifically says, yes. I want you to audition with Tomorrow from Annie. Yes. Which any little girl who auditions for Annie will use Tomorrow or Maybe. Yeah. I mean, this just goes back to being prepared. Like, if you're preparing for a musical, you want to listen to the cast album. You want to know what the show's about. Yeah. You want to know kind of what the ranges are in the music already. Because if you listen to the cast album, you're like, I can't sing any of that. Then this is probably not the show for you to audition I'm, to. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, guys, if you come out for Jack Kelly and Newsies hmm. and you can't hit a high A. You're screwed. You're in trouble because if you sing me a song for your audition that you've prepared that doesn't have a high A in it, you can bet your ass I'm pulling out something to believe in and you're hitting that high A at the end. Mm-hmm. And if you can't hit it and sustain it, if you can almost get there and our music director is like, we can get them there, yeah. you have a better chance. But if you come into it and you're like, ooh, I'm going to audition for Jack Kelly, knowing that he has this high A, even if it's only in the one song. No, it's in, it's in, it's in the, a couple. Um, it's in a couple. The Santa Fe Reprise. Yeah. You know, it. be prepared. Like I said, university libraries, most public libraries yeah. will have sheet music that you can go and check out or make copies of. Yes. Usually you have to check it out and take it somewhere else to make copies of it. Don't listen to this. Any copyright people. Please. please. <laughs> <laughs> but musicnotes.com is also a great resource. Well, there are also some great resources, resources online like for karaoke tracks. Yes. Because there are some songs that 
we have tweaked to be in our range better. Yeah. We're not saying to do that for the audition because they might not, they're not going to do that yeah. for the show. Nine because times out if of they ten, tweak it for one person, they're going to tweak it for everybody. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, an, a karaoke track is going to be the original key that it was written in. Yes. It's not going to be the key you hear on the cast album. Yes. I will tell you that right now. I mean, how, From experience. Well, I mean, we were doing um, Not A Day Goes By, and how we had to tweak that thing left and right before it was right. I think we had to find, we found like three different versions of it on uh-huh. a karaoke track. Right. Two of them we couldn't change at all. No. And then finally the third one we brought it down, I think, to... I think we needed to move it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, we took it up two octaves for you. Yeah, it was too low for me. Yeah. Yeah. But that goes back to knowing the parts and knowing what you're good for. Yeah. Which brings me into, if you know you're not right for a role in a show, don't audition. Yeah, don't. Don't waste everyone's time. Unless you are willing to be in the ensemble of a musical, if you are... But this isn't just for musicals. No, no. This is for all auditions. If you are not right for a part and you know that, do not go to the audition. It's it's a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, I you can you I mean you can come up to me and say oh I just wanted the experience of auditioning. That's bullshit. Yeah, because it's a waste of everyone's time. It, it's you know it's it's one of those things you know if if you look at a show like Death by Chocolate yeah where the lead male in that is supposed to be in his late forties early fifties mm-hmm. but there are three other male roles that really don't have an age to them right. for, for male roles yeah. that don't really have an age to them you know you're not going out you know you're not you're you're not going to be a 22 year old who's like I want to play John Stone no or in my case a 30 year old who wants to play John Stone no you want to play Edith Childs <laughs> <laughs> and do a bad Julia Childs impersonation yes but then realize when you get there nope this guy's much better for the part he's going to get it I guess I'll just play the Dan Richard Simmons part, and then actually end up getting the John Stone part and kind of changing it, tweaking it to be age appropriate. Right. I mean, and that, again, that, that goes back to rereading audition notices. They yeah. usually have age ranges for the parts that they're auditioning. Yeah. So you really need to pay attention to those age ranges. Yeah. If you have questions about the show or even the audition, do not hesitate to reach out. Oh, yeah, please. The director, if it's a Facebook audition, usually the director will be tagged in it or will be on there as a guest that's coming. Yeah. Reach out and say, hey, I'm curious about this. I'm curious about this aspect of the show. You know, what are you doing for this? And if the director doesn't know yet, usually they'll tell you, I'm not quite sure yet. It just depends on, you know, who comes out and who I can cast and things like that. Don't, I mean... Don't think that just because you're the actor coming to audition that you have to be prepared to do whatever the director wants. Because if you have an idea and you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm auditioning for Bonnie and Clyde and I want to play Buck, but I'm four foot ten and a little bit chubby and that really doesn't work for the role because Buck and Blanche are supposed to be a little bit taller than Bonnie and Clyde, you know, don't... don't think that you're automatically ruled out because of your size. Right. You know, send send the director a message. Say, yeah. hey, well, I mean, this look is at my... When know. we did uh, Boeing Boeing, um, we had a, a girl come out to audition for The American, and you and I both kind of already had an idea of how she should be portrayed. Yeah. And she came in and did it 
not what we were expecting not and it was we better yes and it was better than what we were what we yeah. thought so having those out of the box ideas sometimes can work in your favor yeah so let's touch on resumes for just just a minute <laughs> how many pages did your resume be abby one one not seven Oh my god, no, no. No one has time to read your biography. Not seven. Not double spaced. Not, you know, four pictures on there. If you have the space to do a couple of pictures down the side of it to show your versatility with facial hair or with glasses or with dyed hair, that's great. But I still want to be able to see your range as an actor. If you've done mostly musicals and a couple of straight shows, don't just think, well, I'm just going to put the musicals on here because I had better roles. Mm Mm-hmm. Put them all on there so I know that at least you've done some straight shows and you've you've had minor parts in them. Mm-hmm. That's not going to exclude you from getting a major part in whatever show I'm directing. Right. It's just going to show, okay, they've got versatility. Right. They can do this because they've done these musicals and they've done some pretty dynamic roles in these musicals. Right. But only have done minor roles in these straight shows. Right. Probably because they focus well, more on Or like roles. the show that I'm doing now I would put on there because it shows my ability for improv yes which is something also that's great because if something happens on stage yeah that's unexpected and we all know that happens it always happens it's always Uh. happening but showing that you can do a little improv like like if i was auditioning for backstage secrets i would include the shows that i've done with this group because it because of the stuff with the yeah intermission intermission yeah it shows that i can do improv um, if you are willing to dye or cut your hair next to your hair color on your resume, put that you are versatile. That doesn't mean I'm not going to choose to wig you. It just means, okay, well, I really wanted, you know, this character to be a redhead. Are you willing to dye your hair red? Yes. Okay, great. You know, if you don't put that on there and you have brown hair, I'm going to think automatically, okay, well, I'm going to have to wig them. But if you put versatile, I can be like, okay, well, here's what I was thinking. Red hair, you know, long bob. What do you think? Yep, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, for me, I'd like to think I'm I'm willing to do anything as far as, like, styling my hair, like cutting it. But as far as, like, dyeing it, that gives me pause because I have very dark hair. Yes. And, like, if a director's like, are you willing to dye your hair blonde? I'll be like, no. It okay, won't look good. I, I would hope... You know, as a director, I would hope that there are other directors out there who could look at somebody with black or dark brown hair and be like, they're never going to get to the blonde that we need. No, even even wigging me, though, it would look awful. (laughs) I know. I'm I I can't I can do a redhead easy peasy, but I can't do blonde. Yeah, (laughs) I know my limitations, guys. So if a director has requested a headshot and resume, it's not for their own amusement. It's not because they get the shits and giggles from looking at it's your so headshot It's so they can resume. remember you. Yes. And honestly, we don't care if it's professional. We just want something to reference when we're making our decisions. Yeah. Because a lot of times, especially for musicals, you'll have 40 to 50 people come out for it. And it's like, okay... Um, now, well, let's finish your thought and then I'll have mine. You know, I'm reading this note about... You know, Sally Mae. And I'm like, okay, she sang really strong. She, I can't picture her, though. I, I don't know. She didn't give me a headshot. I, I'm going to sit you aside and find somebody I have a headshot for that I can think and remember the audition. No, but I will say this, though, when it comes to community theater. A lot of times, 
from my experience with community theaters, people have like their home community theater. And so people know each other really well within that community. So a lot of times with that, they're not like as strict about the headshot because a lot of times they already know who you are. And I, I mean, yes and no, I get that. It's a respect thing though. Yeah. Yeah. If if I put on, well, I bet I'm saying if the director doesn't ask, you know, doesn't say that they need that though. Yeah. If it's not on the audition notice, don't worry about it. Yeah. But if it's on the audition notice, it's a respect thing. Yeah. It can be a four by six. You print it off at Walgreens 10 minutes before the audition from your Facebook page. That is totally a selfie. As long as I can see your face and your, your shoulders and your hair. Mm-hmm. And kind of have this idea of who you were. Yeah. Then I'm not. I'm not going to be. You know, butthurt that you didn't do <sighs> a professional audition. Butthurt. You, you love when I say butthurt because you always get the giggles. <laughs> he does like the anal. Um, if you decide last minute to go to an audition, like it's an hour before the audition, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go. I don't have a headshot or resume ready. Email the director. And say, hey, I'm coming tonight, decided at the last minute, can I email you my headshot and resume? And attach it to that email. Because it doesn't give them a choice at that point. <laughs> yeah, true. But still, respectfully, ask if you can send it. Right. Um, or if you are leaving work at 6 o'clock and you're like, oh, I didn't think I was going to get out on time, but I'm going to go to this audition. And you go straight to the audition. Have, and iPhones are great because it, if you've got an Apple computer or you've got the files on your phone or whatever, yeah. you can have your resume and headshot saved to your phone. Yeah. That way, when you walk into that audition, is it okay if I email you my headshot and resume? I came straight from work. Right. Then you can send it right then and there and you don't have to worry about remembering when you get home. Yes. Because Very if, true. If I write on your audition form, we'll email headshot and resume and I never get it, it gives me a sense of unreliability. Yes. I completely agree with that. So... Let's talk about conflicts. Oh, God. Let's talk about conflicts. Okay, let's talk about conflicts. Always bring a list of Always. your conflicts. Always. Even if you know the director only rehearses Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Bring your conflicts for the entire period from the day of the audition to the day after closing. Yes. Every audition you have, because you never know what might come up mm-hmm. where the director's like, Hey guys, in two weeks, I'm moving the Wednesday, the Thursday rehearsal to Wednesday because of this. Mm-hmm. So I've already checked everybody's conflicts. Nobody has a conflict that night. If you've had something come up in the last couple of weeks, let me know. We'll see if we can switch it to a different day. Right. You know, it, it just, it gives the director the option, you know, should he sit down with the people he's cast, plugged in all the conflicts to the calendar... And said, okay, I've got five people out on this day that I would have had a rehearsal, but nobody had a conflict on this day. I'm just going to go ahead and move that right. rehearsal. Right, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and then, again, if something comes up during the rehearsal period, mm-hmm. and it's like, ooh, we can't have rehearsal this night. Nobody had a conflict that day. Did anybody have anything come up? Right. Can we move it to the Wednesday? Can we move it to Or, Monday? like, in my situation, like, as far as conflicts go, like, my conflict would be my husband's work schedule. Yeah. So I would make it a point... To either write on there or talk to the director and be like, I won't have these conflicts if I have the rehearsal schedule beforehand so we can work, so my husband can plan his work schedule yeah. around them. You know, that kind of thing. Just be, oh, be yeah. communi- help communicative. Me. Thank you. 
Communicate with the director. Do not bring me a list of six conflicts. I plug them in. I cast you in a decent-sized role. And then you come to me the first rehearsal and say, Ooh, I can't be here next week. I'm on vacation. Bitch, you didn't just plan that vacation. You've known about this vacation. Yeah, like that's not that's not okay. Because that goes back to the to respect and reliability. Yeah, and don't come to me with no conflicts, and then all of a sudden give me a call two hours before rehearsal. Oh, I had to work today. I'm not going to make it to rehearsal. No, you knew when the rehearsal schedule was. You were you should have given it to your boss so you yeah. could have requested off. Or if you knew already you had to work this day, why wouldn't you bring that as a conflict? Right. I mean, a lot of people, especially when they're new to auditions or like acting auditions, the the community or whatever, they don't really think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, because you're like, it's work. I do it every day. No one really sees it as a conflict. Yeah. And so sometimes I feel like, you know. Right now, we're kind of explaining that, but for a director, too, to be like, make sure you, when you put your conflicts on there, that includes your work schedule. I feel like yeah. that should be something said, because, I mean, it's it's the same thing with, um, like, when you go to a doctor's office, yeah. and, you know, they, instead of saying, has anything changed, you're going to say, no, nothing's changed, but you've moved in the last three months. Yeah. But you're so used to it at that point. Yeah. It, it, it hasn't changed. Especially if you work in food industry or retail where you, even if you have a set schedule where you're off at six every night, rehearsal mm-hmm. starts at seven, you can't help it if somebody calls off and they're like, hey, can you stick around just for an hour? Right. You know, that I'm more willing to look behind because you can call them, you, you know, you would just need to tell your boss, yes, I can stay for one hour, I need to leave at seven, and I have to go make a phone call real quick. Mm-hmm. You give me a call, you shoot me a text, say, hey, somebody called off at work, I'm stuck here till seven, I will be there as soon as I can. Exactly. So, with an audition, be on time. Please. In fact, be early. Be early. Go by the ten minute rule. If it's for a straight show, go by the ten minute rule. Usually there's an audition form to fill out. Yes. Um, And if you have to do a monologue, it also gives you time to, you know, maybe step aside from everybody and just run through your monologue in your head or speak it to a wall or whatever you do. Yeah. Um, And that way you have time. You're not rushing to get there. You're not, you know, even if it says seven to nine, you know, a lot of times the director's going to start at seven. Right. And there's going to be notes. That you're going to miss if you decide, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go at 8.15. I'm, right. I'm going to go, you know. Well, and two, getting there early will give you time to settle. Yes. You're going to be really nervous. You're going to have all this energy. Getting there early will give you time to kind of center yourself and, and go in it, go into the audition with a clear head. Yeah. And if you're auditioning in the space where the show is going to be, it gives you, you know, 10 to 15 minutes to familiarize yourself with the, with the place. To mm-hmm. kind of look and be like... Okay, the director's sitting back here. I'm going to be up on that stage. I'm going to have to project a little more than I'm used to. Okay. Yeah. You know, and and I'm not saying this is every director, but a lot of times directors will just be walking about, mm-hmm. and you'll have a chance to go say, "Hey, my name is." Yeah. Be yourself. You know, and have you a little can kind of build a rapport, which we're going to get to here in a second as well. Um, if you are running late for an audition, and this this really goes to Facebook invites and you've said you're coming on Facebook and I know that it doesn't hold water anymore 
But if you've put on there that you're coming, or if you know you're coming, but you're going to be late for some reason, Mm -hmm. just shoot a message to the event or shoot a message to the director. Right. And say, hey, I'm planning to come tonight. I'm running a bit behind, car trouble, whatever the case may be. Just got off work. I'll be there, you know, roughly this time. Mm -hmm. That way the director knows to stick around. Because if I'm auditioning a show (laughs) that has five roles available and I have seven people come to auditions... Even when it says seven to nine, which this is also a note that we'll come back for with directors, you know, when I'm done with those seven people that came to audition. Bye. 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 Well, here's the thing too with that though. If you say you're running late and you're going to be there about a certain time, be there at that certain time. Yeah. Please. Or like, and if the director reaches back out to you, be like, hey, it's this time and you're not here. Where are you? Respond. Yes. You know yeah. who you are. Respond. Yeah. Because there was that one time we waited. And, and waited. He, and, he, and he wasn't there. So we went and got food. And we were sitting there, like, picking up food or eating. We were eating dinner. And then he texted you, oh, at the theater. Which one? Laura. No, we hadn't even. We had just sat down. Oh, that's right. That's right. We had just sat down. And he sent that's a right. message. But I didn't know he was coming. Oh, I thought he told you he was going to be no, late. no, no. no. Oh, yeah. never mind. Because if he would have told me he was going to be late, we wouldn't have left. Truth. But I didn't even know this guy was coming, and we leave the theater at 7.45. And it was a two-night audition process. This was the first night. We left at 7.45 because we had seen the six people who came to audition. Yeah. And it didn't seem like anybody else was coming. We did wait about 10 minutes. Yeah, we waited. And so we left. We went right up the road, sat down to eat. And I get a message on Facebook saying, um, I'm at the theater. All the lights are off. It doesn't look like anybody's here. I thought auditions were until 9. We will cover this again in the director's episode. If your audition notice says 7 to 9, directors, you better stay there 7 to 9. Yeah. Do not leave early because if somebody does decide to come later for mm-hmm. whatever reason, you need to be there. That's why I like the ones that say we start at this time. Yes. Because then, then there's you no preconceived notion of an yeah. end time. Yeah. Um... Be confident. Yes, always. Believe in yourself and what you are putting forth. Always. And being prepared for it will help with that. Yes. If you come into an audition and you are chatting it up with everybody who's there and you've got this air about you that you know people, you're comf- you, you, you know, you're comfortable I, where I you're am at. Not, I no, am no, no. not that person. I know. But if <laughs> you... If you give this air and then you get up on stage and you're like, hi, my name is Andrew and I'm doing a monologue from such and such show. What? I'm the like, exact. Where's the person that was just out here talking to all the all the other people who are here? I'm the exact opposite. I will not talk to anybody unless I already know them. I sit there quiet and then I go up there and I blew Andrew's socks off. Yeah. But with being confident, don't be cocky. Oh, God, no. Because no one likes a douchebag. Don't be cocky. Don't come in there and be like, Shh, I got this shit in the bag. No names. No names. Don't be a douchebag. Don't be a douchebag. Don't come in there thinking in your head, I've got this in the bag, the part is mine. Because then you end up singing a ballad when you were asked for an up-tempo song, and you sing the entire thing, even though the director tries to stop you three times, and you make everybody sit there for four and a half minutes during said song, and then he has no other choice but to cast you because nobody else came out for that role that was good enough. You're not bitter. Not bitter. You're not bitter. Not bitter. At all. Not at all. So, a lot of times 
at an audition, you will be presented a scene for a cold reading with enough time to read through it a few times. Yes. Familiarize yourself with the cold reading you've been given. Because if you get up there and you're fumbling over your words, you're going to do it if you're cast. Yep. And that's what I'm going to see yep. as a director. And prepare to read it different. several different yeah, ways. different ways. For sure. You know, at least three different ways. Put your emphasis other places. Put, you know, if it's a Southern comedy you're auditioning for, read it in your normal accent. And then when they say, hey, can you do it in a Southern accent, do it in a Southern accent. Or if you get an asshole director like me that's like, let's try a New York accent. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see. He is that asshole. I am. But this is also really important for you guys to remember when it comes to the cold readings, this is also the part where the director is going to see how well you take direction. Yes. So this is a point where you can show yeah. how flexible you can be and how well you take that direction. You or even ask questions, yeah. but not in an annoying way where you're, no. you're second guessing the director's yes. motives. Because usually you'll be set up just for the cold mm-hmm. reading with no direction. Yeah. And then when you're set up to read the same scene again with different people, okay, I really liked what you did with the, the first time, but can we try this this time? Can you do this? Right. If you question me on that, bottom of the pile. And I'm not saying, like, question it, like, why? Just be like, okay, so do you mean it this way or do you mean it this way? Like, that's what I mean yeah. by asking questions. Yeah. Don't be like, well, if you liked it the first way... Why do I need to try it this way? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Get no, off this, my stage. This is where if he says, you know, I really like what you did, but can you do it with this kind of, can you kind of move this way? Yes. You, kind of, you can be like, okay, so do you mean move like in a faster pace? Do you mean in a slower pace? Ask those kind of questions showing that you, you want to yeah. portray what the director sees the most accurate way possible. Yes. Um, find one person in your life who is consistently on your side a sibling a parent a significant other a best friend and tell them you I like you sometimes too (laughs) tell them you're auditioning for a show then let them give you the supportive boost you're looking for because if you find somebody who's always a Debbie Downer in your life don't look at me I'm just looking at you because I'm talking to you don't look at me and I'm talking to our listeners readers readers. (laughs) Don't find somebody who's constantly doubting everything in life. It yeah. doesn't have to be that they're constantly doubting what you do in your life, but if they're constantly doubting everything in life and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go audition for Bright Star this weekend and I'm really, I'm just like, uh, yeah, if you're feeling like that, you shouldn't go. No. Find somebody who's going to be like, stop it. You are a great singer. You can do accents. You're du- you're going to be fine. It's like the one audition you had out in Lexington You're like, and you told me who you were up against. I was like, you never know. <laughs> You never know. You might still get it against this Hollywood actor. It's fine. That was for a film, though. That was for a play. That was for a film. But I'm sa- but the point is still the same. Yes, the point is still the same. <laughs> like, you never know. Yes. They might still choose you. Yeah. You could tell it was fake. But, you know, <laughs> at least the support was there. The support was there. And I didn't tell anybody I was auditioning for that. I just no, you told only everybody told me. I was doing a thing. Yeah, you told me. I told you after I did it. No, you didn't. Because you wouldn't let me go with you. Oh, that's right. That's right. I told you right before, but I didn't tell Zach. No, you didn't tell Zach. You told me because I, I was like, oh, I want to go with you. And you wouldn't let me because it was in a yeah. sketchy part of town. Yeah. It was in a sketchy part of town. And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to leave you in the car in a sketchy part of town. And I don't know if they want me to bring anybody with me. So no, no, let me just go do my thing. I just wanted to go so we could like go eat and talk about it yeah. afterwards. 
but we did that anyways because <laughs> I came and picked you up and then we, or you met me at the theater and yeah. then we went and got Zach and went to yeah. dinner or lunch. So next up, make a director change their mind. Sometimes directors have someone in mind for a role or a specific type or gender. It's your job to erase that idea from their mind and have them think, what if? And again, that goes back to the Bo and Boy story. Not even Bo and Boy is where I was going. I was going Backseat Secrets. Oh, yeah. Very with true. With Detective. Yeah. With, with the detective. detective. Yeah. I wrote it for a man. Yep. And I had a young woman come audition that made me go, huh. And I sat down with my co-producer and I said, who was also in it, and I was like, what if we did this and made it, you know, this little twist and this little twist and yeah, it gets weird at some point. We'll it have gets, to change some lines. It gets yeah, it got kind of weird. But <laughs> it ended up working out fine. The actress did not work out fine. No, but that, the, that's a different story. The choice to changing the gender ended up working out just fine. Yeah, it actually worked out very, very well. It added this extra level of twist. Yeah, that people were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like no one really saw that coming. So make a director change their mind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're going in to audition for a stepsister in Cinderella. And you decide you're going to sing Any Dream Will Do from Joseph and the Mead's Club Drink Oh, God. As you walk up there, be like, you know what? I want to be a fat prince. I'm going to make her change her mind. And then you get cast as the damn prince. <laughs> <laughs> totally not expecting that, guys. But um, directors do not owe you an explanation. Ever. Never, ever. Do not email a director after an audition that you haven't been cast in to be like, why? I owe you nothing. You don't. But part of me also feels like if you do, if you email them and be like, I understand your choice, what could I have done better? Or like, what can I, what do I need to improve upon for future auditions? This is true. But most directors, most directors will ignore that email. Because which once they've is, not cast you, they're done with you. They've got to cast you. Which makes about. me kind of sad because it's not, like, if you are approached and, and it's not like, oh my God, why didn't you pick me? I was so much better. Then yeah, ignore yeah. that. But if you're approached by someone that's like, I understand your choice. I'm, you know, I hope for a great show for you guys. Can you give me some tips on how I can audition better for future? And that, things? that's not asking why didn't you cast me. True. That's asking what can I do to improve my exactly. audition. That's different. But if you send a direct, send a director an email or a text or a phone call or twelve phone calls. Oh my God! She needed to just go away and say why didn't you cast me. Why wasn't I cast in this role? I was perfect for this role. One, no, you fucking weren't because I didn't cast you. Truth. After the 12th phone call, I answered it and I got snotty with this. Yeah, you did. <sighs> yeah, you did. This is why you didn't get cast. And it's just supported my decision not to cast you by the way you've reacted afterwards. True. Which brings me to another story. Christmas Bells. Ah, yes. And a certain actress coming to audition for it who had done the role at a different theater. Yes. And she decided that she had the role in the bag. That's a false statement. In the bag. Again, so don't much be cocky. So that when she left the audition, the first night of auditions, mind you, she says to me, can't wait till we start rehearsals. What? I remember this story. And then I didn't cast her. I was in a show with her at this time. Yeah, you were. <clears throat> she proceeded not to talk to me or anyone else that was in the show we were all in that I had cast mm-hmm. for the next four performances. That's really professional, and people definitely want to hire you after that. A 60-year-old woman acting like a child. Yep. Because she was not cast. And I am a director, <clears throat> which <clears throat> we'll get to this in the director's episode, 
I am a director who sends out an email regardless. Yes, you are. Regardless. You won't get it until I have a confirmed cast, because if I have somebody decline a role, I've got to pick somebody that I wasn't initially going to cast. Right. So I'm not going to shoot out, nope, you're not in it, emails, and then email the people that I cast. Right. And then I have to come back and grovel. Well, that's the thing, too. is like, if you haven't heard anything, don't be annoying about it. Don't be annoying. Don't, don't be annoying send message after message to the theater asking why there weren't any emails sent. And the person responding says, well, did he say he was going to send emails one way or the other? Or did he just say he was going to contact the people who were cast? Yeah. And you don't know the answer to it? They probably didn't say anything about it. Yep. Plain and simple. Um, never assume... That goes with my story I just told about Christmas Bells. Never assume you have a role until the director offers you the part. Don't be cocky. That goes back to don't be cocky. Don't be a douchebag. Don't Don't be a dick. Don't come into an audition... If you know the director, if you know everybody else who's auditioning, and be like, we've already talked about this, I'm going to be playing this part, it's fine, don't worry about it, because then you are, you're set to get super butthurt when why you don't get like the part. Why is that like thing tonight? Like, why is the butthurt thing a thing I've tonight? used butthurt before. You've used it, I feel like, that's the second time you've used it in one podcast. I, I feel like it's a lot. But this is also kind of goes to the thing, like, if a director comes up to you and says, hey, I would like you to come audition for my show... And that's all they say? Yeah. You're not guaranteed a role. No. I just they want just you to would, audition. They would just like to see what you could, what you can do. That does not guarantee you a role. Yeah. <laughs> because I guarantee you, no matter who the director is, they have a cast in mind. Mm-hmm. They have been told you're directing Laura. Yep. Ooh, so-and-so is going to be great for this part. So-and-so is going to be great for this part. So-and-so is going to be great for this part. Hey, Abby, read the script because I want you to audition. Literally threw it at me. Literally threw it at her the day after I found out I was directing Literally (laughs) threw the script at me. Read it in two days. But they had... That she had no preconceived notion that she had the part. She came and auditioned and even told me numerous times that she does every time she auditions for me, if someone better comes out, audition, cast them. I always say that. Always. Where are we? We're on the back. I always say that, though. Because I want, in my mind, I want the best Uh, show possible. Never assume you have a role until... That's it? Oh, my God. I want the best show possible to be portrayed. So if I'm not the best choice... No, I'm good. Don't don't cast me. Cast someone that's better. Yeah. To put the best production out there. That's what I want. Yeah. Never assume a director has precast a role if you didn't get the role you wanted. This leads to awful gossip, demeaning rumors, and demeaning rumors about directors. Unless it's true. Sorry. What? What? No, it's not true because that usually was about me. It was usually about her me. or Ron or Cindy or Kathy or anybody. I never cast Kathy. No, never. Got- <laughs> or us, even though we didn't know each other. True story. Yeah. Okay, guys. Let's break this down. I don't know if we've told it since we published this Kat and I met when she came to audition for Children of a Lesser God. For a very minor part. We didn't know each other. I had not even expressed interest when I offered her the lead role. No, no, I kicked you in the butt about that. No, 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 no. We need to back up a little bit. I auditioned. This this goes actually goes back to don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I saw the audition notice for this show. Way late. Way late. And I emailed him and said, is there a part still available? He said, no. 
all the hearing parts have been cast. First of all, confusion flag number one. I go, hearing what? Somebody didn't read their audition notice. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Or research the if show you, if you're, No, if I didn't. If you're not familiar with Children of the Lesser God, there are three speaking and hearing roles. No, four. And then there are three hard of hearing or deaf roles. Yes. And then I, he said, no, I'm sorry, all the... All this had been cast, yada, yada, yada. So I went out for uh, Moon Over Buffalo, and <laughs> I really thought I had that part, man. Macrina. Macrina. We love you. I do love Macrina. She's hilarious. But so, and then he emails me that night after I get home from the audition. I go, what the fuck? Okay. Because no one had come out for the death part. No one came out. And he said, there are some parts that require minimal signing. Would you come out? We set a time. I came out. He, we, I read the hard of hearing role, yeah, uh-huh. Lydia. like normal. And he just wanted to see how my hands move. So I worked with a little, with the interpreter just for a few moments. Hey Zach. We love and we miss I you. Went, you're going to listen to this bitch. <laughs> I went into that audition saying, if he offers me the part, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to tell him I'm waiting to hear back from another audition. I offered well, her the part. And I said, okay. <laughs> and then. And then when we didn't have anybody come out the second night. By the way, side note, I did not get the part of Maneuver Buffalo. Hashtag side note. Hashtag side note. Then when we had nobody come out for the deaf or hard of hearing roles the second night. I didn't even get to rehearse, Lydia. No. I approached her and said, don't give me an answer now. Think over it tonight. Look at the script. Would you be interested in possibly doing this? It's all sign language. No hesitation. I shit you not. Yeah, I'll do it. I didn't know that the next eight weeks of my life I would be living in that damn theater. So we met during that show. But we went out with, like, we went out to dinner after we started dating with a couple of people that were also in the show. And they asked us how long we had known each other. And I said, we met at the audition. And they, honest to God, had no idea. Had no idea. They thought he knew me and that's why he cast me in this role. Which would have not been an unsmart move considering your audition turnout. Yeah. Which is probably why they assumed it. And it it also kind of hurt us a little bit that we started dating so quickly. Yeah. It was only, there was only a week turnaround between meeting and starting dating. Which was a terrible idea. Lies! Now we're getting married. You bitch! And I'm regretting all my decisions in my Stop life. Stop it! <laughs> and uh, only when it's coming to planning this fucking wedding! And we're back to that. And it came, yes. it, it came down to, I think it was at a board meeting. Yeah, it was at a board meeting. That a comment was made about pre-casting or casting people you know in major roles. Yep. And I was dead-eyed during this conversation. Probably by Margie. No. No. Nope. Who? No names. No names. I just said her name. But it wasn't her. It wasn't her. And so afterwards, I went up to Lisa, president of the board, and I said, if you all have any preconceived notion that... Cat was cast because we are dating. You need to lose it now because I didn't meet her till she came to audition for a role. Did not meet her. Was not even showing interest in her when I offered her the role. Nope. Yeah. There was nothing. But because, I mean, it was such a quick turnaround. I Like I said, I had not even had the opportunity to rehearse as Lydia yet. Nothing. There was... No. But this same person that dead-eyed you also had this preconceived notion that you pre-casted me. And shows that we have done together. But I mean, and all, not Which to mention. Which is also kind of why the reason I kind of took a step back and did stage managing for him instead. Yeah. Not to mention, like, if 
if he was going to precast somebody that he knew, he would not have, you know, it wouldn't. We were trying to figure out how Abby could do the part. <laughs> that's where we were at. And then I talked to Zach, regardless of what he said later. About what? About oh, him not he- having a say in it or whatever, or saying that I shouldn't oh, do yeah. this. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Love you. But Andrew no. sat down with Abby and Zach and asked if they thought that I would be capable for the role. Granted, I don't think that that was the wisest decision since well, you had never seen me rehearse before. I had never, I never saw your audition. So I told them, I was like, you all saw her audition. I don't know what she's capable of. And Zach told me the way your hands worked and just basically just from talking to you that he thought you were perfectly capable of learning that role if you were willing to put the time in. I put my entire life into that Yeah, you did. I lived <clears throat> at that theater for eight weeks. Yeah, you yeah. did. And if somebody is producing a show that they have written and one of the producers happens to be playing the lead and you start a nasty rumor that she paid for her part, yeah. I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. I'm going to kick your ass because she did not pay for her part. As you can see, it causes a lot of issues, guys. The only time I can see precasting as okay is if you have a single solitary role for a person of a specific gender and age. Like with Backstage Secrets, Peggy was the only female in the show who was over 30. Yeah. Like if you, if they were to put on Well, that's not true. She, well, she's only female over 30. That's what I said. Oh, the sorry. I missed that part. If they were going to put on kinky boots, they would probably need to seek out a black male who either works in drag or is willing to dress in drag. That's a very specific type. Which you're going to need to colorblind casting. <laughs> Leave expectations at the door. All right. Just let so, your eyes explode. The other thing, though, is usually, like with Laura, going back to Laura, you had an earlier audition than usual because of the portrait. Yes. So that's not precasting. No. Like some people no. thought. No. You- and somebody else did audition. Yes. And you had witnesses. I had witnesses and they made the decision. I did not. Yeah. You specifically asked them to make the decision because of our friendship. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even cast her. Nope. I cast her. No. And Laura. They I mean, did. They did. Yeah. But they I mean, cast her. Sorry. So yeah, it. it don't ever assume is is what this all boils down to. This whole venting because, fest. especially in Louisville, this community is so tight knit. Oh my yeah. god! Like I'm working on a, like a half show, half skit kind of bullshit right now, and three of the people I work with know him. They Howard's go, in it. Oh, I love Howard. <laughs> oh no, him and I have the funny a funny bit. You actually really got to see this now because I'm playing the king. Um, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic. And I'm marrying her, guys. Oh, right. To see Howard, he probably doesn't remember it's me. It's so funny. Yes, no, okay. he goes. I we in, we introduced each other, and I, he goes, Cat Ireland. Why do I know that name? I go, Do you know Andrew McGill? He goes, Yeah, I love Andrew. I go, He's my fiance. <laughs> yes. They were like, I love oh, Howard. If I drop Andrew's name in any freaking theater from here to Frankfurt, they're gonna know who the hell he is. <laughs> from here to Cincinnati. Come on. Again, be modest, dear. <laughs> Oh, now I want to see Howard. Oh. Come see the show. It's going to be funny. Um, when is it? March 14th. It's a Saturday. It's oh. at like four. 
Oh. You have a show. I, I can't go. Damn. Um, I gotta be downtown by 5.30. That sucks. It's gonna be really cute. I really was not all about this, and either was Sharon Spurrier, I could tell. But we've really <laughs> made it our own. Yes. I'm gonna, pro- if, I st- if I keep the part of the king, which we're still unsure, one of her actors might be flaking out, that's why I might be getting the part. Actually, two extra parts, to be honest. Um, I'm probably gonna be in red lipstick and a mustache. Sweet. Awesome. It's gonna be fantastic. Victor, Victoria. Never think of not getting a role as a rejection. Either way the audition goes, it's an experience and an opportunity. You sure. should always go out for auditions. No, we already no, covered no, 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 no. that. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, well, here's the thing. If it's an audition that you feel like there is a role for you yes. in it, then yes, go audition. Do not just go to audition no. just to audition because it's a waste of people's yeah. time. Not unless you're desperate like I am. But at least but even you're then, smart enough to know, okay, there's a role in this for me. Yeah. Yes, and if I go to an audition and I'm like... Like, at this at this juncture right now, I could not do a full-fledged role. If I were to go an audition right now, I'd be like, if there is, I'm okay with no role or a very minor role. Yeah. But if you feel as though you'd rather have me in a larger role, give it to someone else. I can't do it. But if, if you're going to get told you've not been cast and you're just going to get upset about it and you're be like, they rejected me, they didn't want me, they, we didn't reject you. The only times that I ever got upset... Because I didn't get casted. We've told this story so many times. But shut up. <laughs> it wasn't because I didn't get cast. It was because I know I did a horrible job and I was hating on myself. Well, and see, that's <clears> the thing. <throat> like, I am afraid to go out and audition for just about anything right now. Because if I were to... I had... I... After that Poe radio play, I was cast in a lead-ish role with that and that was really cool I didn't even get to perform it but it was still cool we got locked over already you guys it's a long story we'll go into that another time and then I went out for Moon Over Buffalo but I also went out for Children of a Lesser God and ended up with a lead role so getting rejected for Moon Over Buffalo I wasn't super sour about as long as auditions are like within the same weekend mm-hmm. or you know you know if you audition on this day and there's an audition the next weekend, and you know that the first one's not going to cast for a week, go to both auditions. Can I finish my story, please? Yeah. So I wasn't upset, and I probably wouldn't have been upset if I hadn't gone out for children and still didn't get the role of Moon Over Buffalo. I had been so I had been out of the out of theater for so long, I wouldn't have given two shits. Mm-hmm. But I went out for children, ended up with a lead role. Went out for Blythe Spirit, ended up with a lead role. In the first two shows back on stage in 13 years, if I don't get a lead role now, I'm probably going to be pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie because I am that person. <clears throat> I have a little bit of arrogance, guys. It's not. It's not. Well, look who you're marrying. <laughs> if anybody's arrogance outranges mine, it's his. I mean, it barely fits in my house. Right. Always put a hundred percent of yourself into an audition. Always. Even if you were so unsure of yourself going into it, set that aside and give it your all. We're all theater people. If you make a fool of yourself, it's probably they're probably going to think it's part of the audition. The, thing, yeah. the one audition that you had where you did mess up, but you made the director laugh. Yeah. yeah. Like showing your personality and putting all you have into it is always a good thing. And and I rejected that role because yeah, of how they conducted their callbacks. Yeah. yeah. If and, and never think you're not getting anything out of an audition more than experience. Auditions are always a networking opportunity. Yes. Always. Even if you only talk to one person you don't know, that's one person who's performing at, you know, if you've auditioned at Clarksville and you've talked to one person, they're performing at Little Colonel or Center Stage or mm-hmm. 
other theaters in the area. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, take this show that I'm doing show is used very lightly, guys. And it's not because it's not good, but it's actually not really a show. It's a skit type situation. It's narration mostly. Um, I was after reading the script. Essentially what happened was the director of the show got it thrown on her plate and with the promise that she would have her choice of scripts next season. So Sharon Spurrier gets to pick one of the shows that's going to be on their stage. She gets to pick everything about it. Um, and after... <sighs> pick me, Sharon. You didn't, you didn't show... You didn't come to rehearsal. You, she, you're not, she's not your biggest fan right now. She will be when I ask her to be part of my reading. Yeah, she will. <laughs> anyway, after reading the script and realizing that it's all narration, I was really not a fan of this. But... I would have done it anyway because I know, you know, Sharon literally just posted out on Facebook saying, who wants these parts? Come see me. And I said, okay. I looked at it. I go, this is a really bad idea. But I did it anyway because I love Little Colonel and I really like to get my foot in the door there. So I knew that that was going to be a networking opportunity, even if the show is not something that was really, that at the time I thought was really that great. Now I'm having a blast with it. Right. Which also is another thing. Never <clears throat> never assume you're not going to like the show. But when she, when she told me, she goes, if you do this, I get to pick my scripts. I will definitely take that into consideration. Again, not a promise of a role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said, I'll definitely take that into consideration. Right there, what I'm doing right now, what I thought at first was going to be a waste of my time, I'm actually having fun with. I'm networking with people I've never met before. Yep. And I'm being considered if I go out to audition for a role for this woman's show. Absolutely. That's There's hard. the networking at work. I mean, that's what I mean with what I'm doing now. I'm working with people that... I haven't really worked with before. So I'm getting to know them. They work at other theaters. They do other things. I mean, so it all works out. It all connects. And as you network, you know, utilize the community. Talk to people about working at certain theaters. Talk to people about working with certain directors. Don't be like me and be like, but I'm... I'm not going to listen to what you say. I'm, I'm going to get the experience and make my own decision. Because it just ends badly and you never want to work with those directors again. Truth. And not for faults of my own. It's their damn faults. No stories there. Right. But <clears throat> utilize your community. <clears throat> Don't just be like, oh, I'm going to go out for this show. Know nothing about the theater. Know nothing about the director. Call somebody that may have worked for them before. And if they haven't, they know somebody who has that they're going to put you in touch with. Exactly. That was back to... Usually it's Andrew. (sighs) Exactly. It's ridiculous. If any of you guys need to know about Louisville and surrounding area theater, just freaking call us. Yep. But yeah, it's it's always a good opportunity. And even though you may not work with that director until years down the road, at least you know how they function and you know what they want. Like, honestly, how how Sharon is directing, I would have never expected that ever from her. But, I mean, she's fun, and the nice thing about her is that she listens. So even though if I won't – even if I don't go out for the show that she has a choice of next season, I might work with her five years down the road and know that I'm going to be working with a director who doesn't shut down their cast. Yeah. yeah. I, would always, I would definitely work with her again. When you go to an audition, never expect the same experience twice. Very never. true. All auditions are different. Very true. Ugh, they are. All auditions are different. If only there was, like, a template – for auditions <laughs> no life would no. be so much easier there, there's no way to have a template because but even if there you was know, you know me going into an audition i've got this is how it's going to work it you have never your box. goes that way he i have had, my box <clears> but <throat> i also have my notes where yeah. it's like we're going to start with monologues we're going to do cold readings then we're going to do you know right 
you know, put everybody side by side, da, da, da. it never works out that way. No, nope, never. It's like, oh, only three people brought monologues. Let's start with the cold readings and then we'll do the monologues so I can get people out of here. Yeah. Type of thing. So never, just never expect the same experience twice, especially if it's different directors. And even yeah. if it's the same director, because the amount of people that come out make things different. Well, and also, it also depends on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And also, one thing that I need to add in here, because what you just said reminded me, if you go to an audition... And you're sitting there, you do your cold, and this will typically only happen with cold reads, but it could happen with monologues. It's more appropriate with a cold read uh, audition, though. And they have you read with a couple of people, and then they do this thing. They go, you stay, you stay, you stay, the rest of you go. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Because they, yes, are probably releasing some people because they've seen enough and they're not going to get cast, but they're also probably doing that for the people that they've seen enough of. And they think you're pretty good. Yeah. And so they don't need to see any more from you yep, because yep, they've yep. already mm-hmm. made up their mind about you. Right. Do not take an early release as a bad sign. No. Yeah, no, no, Above all, have fun. Absolutely. You're going to go into this thing being super nervous, super like, I don't know if I should be doing this. Don't. Like, yes, have that while you're filling out your audition form, while you're thinking about your monologue or your song or whatever. Have those nerves. But as soon as that director is like, hey, welcome – you all are auditioning for this tonight. This is how things... Once that director starts talking, start having fun. Get excited. Yes. You, that Your lack of enthusiasm is going to come through in your audition. So always come in with a good frame of mind. Do not be down on yourself and do not have a bad attitude. If you are having a good time up on that stage, that director is going to know it. Yep. And they're going to know that you're a good person yep. to work with. Absolutely. So to bring this all to a close... <clears throat> There are two things you should avoid at an audition. <laughs> underpants. Sorry. No, please wear underpants. <laughs> depends. No, don't wear depends either. Oh, Calcutta. <laughs> avoid the word no. If a director asks you to do something and you're not willing to do it, then the show's not for you. Exactly. Yeah. If a director says, hey, I want you to try this in a British accent... Try it. Try it. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them, no, I can't do a British accent. Because they're going to see if you can try it and you have – there are indicators in those kinds of vocal lessons that will tell the director whether or not you're capable of learning it. Yeah. Just try it. Right. Yeah. And then avoid the phrase, is that okay? Yeah. Is that okay? That's going to bring the audition to a screeching halt. That, that, that comes down to your email if you can't make it. On the actual audition nights, would it be, is it okay if we meet on this day? No, say, I'm not available to make it this night. Are you available this night or this night to be there? Yes. Not, I'm available this night and this night. Is that okay? A degree of assertiveness is always needed. Yep, yep. Always. Because I'm I'm sorry, if you are not an assertive person on that stage, you are not a theater person. But we talked about this earlier, how, like... There are certain people that are on stage or off stage and are like talking to everybody or you know, have this big personality and they get on stage and they have no personality whatsoever. I'm the exact opposite. I'm very quiet. I kind of just sit there. I keep to myself and then I go up on the stage and I blow Andrew's socks off. Which is totally fine. That's how, if you are an introvert, that's how it should work. I am. Don't peg yourself. Like you might be sitting there listening to this for some god only knows what reason. I don't know how you. Li- how if you're not a theater person, I don't know how you came across this. <laughs> uh, 
I'm not going to say you're in the wrong place because honestly, you might be in the right place. You might be sitting there going, I'm a really shy person. But the second that you get cast a character name and backstory, you become that person. Oh, absolutely. That's how I am. And you get to be someone totally new. Don't go method. Stop. Yeah, don't do that. But, no, but I'm the I'm that way. I'm actually a very shy person. It, it, once I get to know people, that's how that's when I come out of my shell. Yeah. yeah. But when I get on stage, I'm completely different. I, if you give me a character, then that's who I am. So if that character is loud and out there, confident, then that's how I'm going to be. But off stage, if I don't know you, I'm real quiet. And there's a lot of There's a reason this is a podcast that will vlog. <laughs> There's a lot of introverts out there that probably yeah. have no idea that they could be good on stage. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If, if you are a non-theater person listening to this because your theater nerd best friend made you listen to this. Hi, that was me. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Try it once. Oh, yeah. That can apply to so much in your life, but I'm talking about theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about theater. That's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Try That's it. called What Happens Behind Closed Doors. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Try it once. That's Andrew's fantasies. The best advice I can give you. Andrew's fantasies, the don't go there story. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. Okay, finish your thoughts. Sorry. Never. <laughs> Try it. Anyway, I mean what we were talking about? Pickles. Oh, yes. Hate both of them. Up your butt? Really? Stop no. It. No. In your mouth, then up the butt. Oh, you gotta get okay. wet first. You're not keeping all of this in there. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> Can I finish my thought now? Yes. Are you, fuck off. <laughs> I'm not Zach. <laughs> Can I finish my thought? Yeah. <laughs> Even if you think you're going to be god awful, <laughs> don't not do it because you're scared. Try it one time. And especially if you let the director know this is my first time auditioning for anything. I've never been on stage before. Yeah. They're going to look at you through different lenses. Get Cat's, out! Cat's losing her shit over here. <laughs> She's trying not to interrupt you. I know. They're going to look at you through different lenses than they are a seasoned actor. Yes. And they're going to be like, the potential is there. Yeah. Let me try. Because I'll tell you this. I'm going to go with somebody I know is reliable and consistent. Mm-hmm. Over somebody new, but if you have the balls to come up to me and tell me, I've never auditioned for a show before, I've never been on stage before, but I want to try this, I'm going to look at you through different lenses, you're probably going to get a shot with me. Yeah. Don't prove me wrong and miss rehearsals and just fuck it up. Yeah. (laughs) Because then I'm just going to get mad. At myself, not at you. You always at know myself. when Andrew's really pissed as a director because he starts beelining down the aisle and I go, run, everybody, run! Scam! <laughs> and I'll tell you this. If you're in a show of mine and I start beelining down the aisle and you know you're the one that done fucked up, you better stand there and take it. Because if you run, it's going to be ten times worse. Truth. It's even worse. It's it's ten times worse when he comes thumping down the stairs from that damn light booth. <sighs> No, it's great because it gives more time to hide. <laughs> <laughs> not that day because I... Barrel down those. Oh guys. yeah, you did. <sighs> Anyways, we don't need to mention that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all that being said, please tune in next time. We will be doing audition advice for the director. We'll be covering audition notices. We'll be covering how to behave at an audition. Please. Um, and you will have me as the director talking, and then these two as actors. I will keep my actor comments to myself on that one. 
Oh, no, please. you won't. I will do it from a director's point of view instead of an actor's point of view because we have YouTube. But you're not going to keep it to yourself. I'll comment later. You're incapable. Shut no. the fuck up. You I say this. <laughs> Next podcast, if he makes a comment from the actor's point of view, we both get to punch him in the thigh. I'd say a little higher. That's rude. There's one for each of us. There. <laughs> I mean, you would know better than me. I'm pretty sure there's you two. Guys. <laughs> we're, guys, we're talking about his legs. You know that, right? <laughs> Thanks for listening to part one of, of Audition Advice. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. I'm tired. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye.